Welcome to Talking Shit with Marion, and that would make me Marion. So thank you everybody for tuning in. I hope that I can give you some insight on the world of beauty. We are going to talk about everything under the sun, beauty, beauty related, what you like, what you don't like. And I hope that I can help educate you and most of all, make you laugh and entertain you because honestly, let's all just have a good time. We get one trip around the marble. Let's make it a good one. Hey, so welcome to a very special edition of Talkin' Shit with Mare. And yep, surprise, surprise, I'm Mare. So in honor of November, which has now been coined Movember, I am extremely grateful that the men in my life have taken some time out of their day to talk to us about their opinions on men's health, men's mental health, and how each generation views this topic. So with me today, in no particular order, because, I mean, these are the men in my life, but they're a little competitive. So with me on my left is my son, Bailey. Bailey is representing the 23-year-old demographic, uh, 20s and a little bit up. Bailey is a real estate agent in Durham Region. Go McDougal team! Um, and beside me on my right is my amazing father-in-law, who is very, very brave to come out and do this with me. He's never done any podcasting with me or done or even seen how any of this works. So I'm, I'm really glad that you're stepping out of your comfort zone to come and see me. So, hey, Doug. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for coming. It's really important to me that you came to be part of this. It means a lot. I'm glad. And then beside Doug, we have my illustrious husband. Yeah, this is the lucky man who gets all this. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> um, so this is my husband, Wayne. Wayne works for Metro Police, and he represents the 50 and a little bit up demographic. And, and we're going to be respectful and not discuss the age range that Doug represents. So you're welcome. So this is the Movember edition of Talking Shit with Mayor, and today we're going to discuss um, opinions and feelings and thoughts regarding how the Movember <coughs> movement has affected them, how it's opened doors for conversations, and kind of how each generation views what Movember means and what the things that it represents. So let's maybe just take a second and we'll talk to Bailey first. Um, so. When you were growing up, did you, and I, and I know that this is a bit weird for you because I'm your mom. Because all the people I grew up with are in the room. <coughs> they're, yeah. they're in here. But again, this is a safe space and you're free to talk about anything you like, but I'll kill you later. Um, you know, did you feel like when you were growing up, like it was okay to cry and to say, you know what, I'm sad and, or I'm really mad. Uh, totally. I mean, I, I would definitely say I was a very emotional child. And, um, Just a little bit. Um, so I think... I learned very early to express and be open with the emotions I had, um, poor, negative, or in between. Sure. Um, They're your feelings, and you've, you're entitled to feel them. Exactly. Cool. All right. So now, Wayne, this might be a bit weird for you, because again, your dad's right here. I yeah. got a free pass, because none of my parents are here. <laughs> I think it'll be interesting as well, because you've seen your take on that same topic to myself growing up from the point of view of my father and then yeah. you have three you know, two different people here who can give different opinions on the same answer I just gave pretty much I was both lucky and unlucky I was part of that generation that was learning it was okay to talk right and I was the tail end of that generation that was like get your shit in order sure and do your stuff 
You don't need to talk about that. Just get it done. So it was nice to be able to transition between, wow, you know what? I'm having a shit day, Mayor. Just do me a favor. Give me 10. Cool. And say that. Or just plow through and get it done. You don't need to talk about this. So did you find like for your, like your age group and for you personally that you felt you were sort of riding that midline between, you know, feelings don't matter. Depression isn't real. Put your big boy panties on and move forward to the other side of the line where it's like, you know what? I'm not okay right now. And and I, I need to just vent this out. Yes, because every day it becomes more apparent that it's okay. Mm-hmm. Every day it's more okay uh, yeah. to feel. But do you feel like it could kind of go completely right wing? Oh, where... absolutely. Yeah. There, there are times when I do talk to different people and I'm like, really? You're sad. I'm sad. <laughs> On the same token, this whole November and now that it's stretched to mental health has opened up the option of going, wow, you know what? Maybe I don't know exactly everything he's got going on. And, and Wayne just touched on a really important topic. So when Movember first started, it was really focused on men's prostate health and men's physical body health. And it's just been in the last couple of years that Movember has transitioned into talking about mental health and making mental health topics okay for the big boys to talk about. So Doug, what about you growing up? <coughs> were, were feelings you know, something that you felt okay to, to express to your parents? No. No. And do you think it was just them specifically or maybe it was just the generation? Yeah. Why do you think that's that was the case at least? Well, back many years ago, whatever your parents said, you did. You never questioned. Mm -hmm. You went to visit somebody, you would be told to sit on the couch, speak if you're spoken to, and never engage in a conversation. So did you do you think it made you feel less important? You were, no, that's you just how it was. That's just how it was. Children had a place, mm -hmm. and uh, you you didn't interrupt. You never you never interrupted. You did, you did as you're told, and you never questioned. You didn't like it, maybe, <clears throat> but you never questioned your parents. It came from a place of extreme manners and respect, almost. Well, maybe respect, but also fear. Okay. Because you feared your parents. Well, you shouldn't say you feared your parents. I can refer to my case. But you did not dare do what they told you or what they didn't tell you. You, you did what you were told or you and knew. You and if not, you were accountable. Sure, there was hell to pay because let's yeah. let's just take a second, guys. So back, you know, in the era that Doug's talking about, it was still okay to beat your children. All right, so um, corporal well, punishment was a thing. That's quite true. It, it, and it, it is, true. is quite true. You know, even for for Wayne and my generation, it would not be uncommon for me because I mean, I'm let's face it, I'm not the model child. I'm not the model adult, which we all know I was not the model child. I took my share of lickings, um, <laughs> which some were pretty much deserved, and I'm sure some were not. But when when we were growing up, you had there were consequences and painful consequences. Well, I never got in trouble with the police, but if you were friends who were brought home by the police to the parents, mm -hmm. and we're talking like 10 years of age or whatever, <clears throat> the policeman may give you a whack on the side of the head, but when you got home, your parents would give you more. So. And the police would never interfere. <clears throat> that was, it was 
their way, which just how the world was. Nobody questioned. You did what you're told, and if you didn't, how do really... you feel now when you hear like what's going on with Movember, and you hear that it's not a, only about over a certain age got to go for a prostate test or it's okay to not feel well how does that make you feel when you see tv media facebook all the posters all the ads what does it feel like to you when you see this kind of i guess movement well i think it's very good because back in the day and i got to go back in the day we <clears throat> excuse me we never spoke about mrs brown or mr jones they're sick or whatever, they have an ailment. When you're a younger child, all you would hear is Mrs. Brown died. Well, why did she die? She was old. <laughs> but nobody ever said somebody had cancer. Nobody had said they had a heart problem. I never knew the word cancer until it's probably at least 25 to 30. Now, what nobody about, spoke about it. What about the word depression? When you hear people oh, you, talk about depression, like was that ever something no. that you remember hearing your parents talk? Oh, no. geez, you know, Ethel down the road, she's suffering no. from depression you right never now. never hear that word at all. And what about you, Wayne? Is depression a word that was in your dialogue at that age? Again, I'm that mid, that midstream. I'm that beginning, just get your stuff done, to now as I'm over 50, hearing depression, anxiety. Mm -hmm. And what about you, Bailey? Again, I'm from a generation that always had that around them. Mm -hmm. um, I was lucky enough to have family who knew both sides of what we've been speaking of and mm -hmm. the, the tough side, I'd say. Um, so I still got to learn some of the lessons from the conversations that everybody has, but it was, again, mental health, mental awareness, and everything like that was always apparent from a fairly young age for myself. So it's not like it was a change or it was a learning aspect. It was just something that was normal for me. So you, we've literally gone from one generation that it was non, one that's in a part of the original Movember movement, mm -hmm. to one that has benefited from those discussions that my dad wouldn't have, I struggled learning how to have, to make Bailey's generation, it, it's just a conversation. This is just, this is just the way it is. Progress. Yeah, absolutely. Right absolutely. So now talking about progress and moving into that. So now, and I know, Doug, I, I know I keep coming back to you, but I never get to have these conversations with you. So looking back on the progress that we've made when you're with your peer group now like i know you and sandra meet up with a couple of people and you have your coffees together is mental or physical health something that you guys like your prostate health and, I, and i'm sorry to be talking about your junk in a common forum like this but um is prostate and and mental health is this something that you and your friends now will go geez george have you had to do the bend and cough yeah, yeah. like we talk about it all the time now. <clears throat> Our group now will talk about all medical problems. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is it because they all have medical no. problems? <laughs> Is it a common ground? <laughs> or oh, my the starting point? Bag, you know, the old well, tickers have rights and pains, but we all, everybody I know, male and female, 65 and above, everybody, we talk about it now. You never Good. used to talk about it. What do you think was the catalyst for that? Probably knowledge, because okay. we've never spoken of it before. Now you hear about it in newspapers, radios, TV. The information's available. And we're all, we have what, in our seniors club, I mean, we, we're all in one certain pocket of age, say from 65 to 90. 
and we all have common denominators, common, common problems, and uh, how was Mary handling, or how was Bob handling it, or what about so-and-so? I mean, I find during this pandemic, uh, a lot of depression. Mm -hmm. I find a lot of depression is, you can get short at home. Uh, yeah. And you have I a silent nod from uh, my <laughs> grandmother <laughs> sitting off here, the wings. off on the side. We woke up in the morning, we have a routine, we do a routine, have a coffee, watch road go by, and then we say, well, we've got to get out, it's a nice day. Mm -hmm. But then you say, well, where can we go? Well, yeah. And how many days can you drive up to, say, Port Perry for whatever, sit by the water, or go over to Whitby Harbor, sit down by the harbor in Whitby? It's a lot of water. A lot of water. <coughs> it's, it's, Without a boat. And the trouble is, you don't realize how much, at a certain age, you miss your friends. They're not close yeah. friends, but we're friends from clubs. Acquaintances, people Acquaintances. that you did things with. And now with. You, can't, you can't go for a game of cards in the afternoon. If you're lucky, you could maybe get a game of crokinole, mm -hmm. but uh, that's only with your family. But that's Just saying, family, yes. But you, you, uh, I think all the seniors I've spoke to is uh, the loneliness, and I feel yeah. really bad for uh, seniors by themselves or one of the spouses has passed away. Yeah, and we're locked in an apartment building. I mean, the condos are quite nice. Our apartment's quite nice, but we have four walls. They can't get out. They can't see Tom, Dick, or Harry or mm -hmm. anybody else. And it's got to be a very, very lonely life for them. And I think it's important for that reason that we have a seniors clubs, which we do, but now we probably can't utilize it until probably July of 2021. Yeah. We're going to actually come back to, to the effects that COVID has had on a lot of people and their mental health. So, Wayne, coming back to the same question that, that I posed to Doug, you know, do you now, when you're in your own social circle, and I know our, yours and my social circle is pretty much interwoven, do you find yourselves having the conversations about mental health, prostate health? This may expand health. to work circles and other yeah, yeah, like the people that, you know, you you normally wouldn't have these types of conversation. Now these conversations are commonplace. Absolutely. Um, at the other job, um, the one that has pension, it, it's, it's, it's predominant. It's, it's an alpha personality dominant group of people that is just struggling with pandemic, changed work shifts, locked up houses. You, you drive to work and the streets are empty. You're like... Mm -hmm. This is this is something that starts with zombies coming out of trees next. Yeah. Um, so now pre-COVID, did you find your your peer group talking more and more about like just in general yes. mental health conversations were becoming conversations, not things that you whispered about in locker rooms. Yes. With with Metro, um, there's actually been three specific officers that have taken their own life in the last six months. That's, that's really awful. And it, and although that loss of life has happened, it has driven that conversation to the forefront. Um, so if, if the loss of their life has any meaning, it has driven somebody else to be able to talk about it. And it was people that a lot of us knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's super, super hard to deal with, you know, when you, you lose somebody in the workplace because of, you know, mental instability and mental illnesses. And, you know, a lot of times we have no idea that that person is going through this. 
and, and you just hear about it afterwards. I think that's really important when it comes to, to the field of your other job. It's, again, it's such a macho, alpha kind of field. Mm. You find that so often to cover for so many other problems that other people may be having. And, and I wanted to actually twist something you said. Mental health, or you said mental illness, mm -hmm. and is, there was another word, term you used. I wish people would just... Instability? Right. Mental instability. So, men, mental instability or a mental condition. Yeah. Correct? How about just a mental struggle? Yeah. And not knowing how to deal with that struggle. Just because you're having a mental health issue doesn't mean you have a mental health illness. Sometimes yeah. it's just a case of not understanding the words on the page and how to read them. Sometimes it's just a case of saying, hey, I'm off. I'm not broken. Yeah. I just need to learn how to understand this and how to act on it. That's all. Cool. So you wish that terminologies could be a little bit different. Yes. At times, yeah. Or easier understood. Yeah. Yes. So now I'm, I'm putting the same question to Bailey. I mean, and now you have such a very different peer group. You have your professional peer group. You have your boys. You know, do you and your guys, do you guys talk about mental health and, you know, feelings? And I mean, not even talking about the whole prostate thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I can't imagine, you know, 20, 25 year old guys talking about, dude, have you checked your prostate? It's uh, probably at the bottom of the list of the things we've ever talked about. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised it's even made it to the list. But okay, sure. It's a long list. It's a long list. <laughs> um, but no, I think... The conversations around mental health and everything to do with that sphere really is widely talked about. Mm -hmm. I find with friends of mine who are around my age group or who are a lot closer to me in that respect, not a professional or yeah. older kind of group, I find it's so common that it's also very easy to, to joke about. Um, when it's such an easy conversation, it's more apparent for us. I mean it's much easier to make the jokes about or to, to play fun or to, to pick apart. Do you find it's easier to talk about if you can turn it into something more of a lighthearted conversation? <clears throat> I think a lot of people use humor to, to cope with a ton of different feelings. Absolutely. So I think if it's a way that you can have the conversation with the people around you, it works. Yeah. Um, I think that can also be taken to an extreme and to an extent as well that it, it can't be beneficial in some times. Absolutely. Um, I think if you're the only one making a joke about it and nobody else thinks that's serious, it looks even worse. Absolutely. Um, so I think it's really just knowing your friends and what are they like and seeing when a common trend or something, how they speak or something like that, it's different. There's something about them. A buddy gives up on a sport he's always loved and always played and all of a sudden, they, hey, this guy used to always be like totally decked out and dressed. Like, he'd never wear a pair of kicks that were dirty, and now you just and now see this guy. now he comes with a pair of gym shorts and ratty sweater. Yeah, stuff like that. Or, I mean, I think now with, I mean, the pandemic and the distancing, sure. especially with my age now, there's so many friends that I had previously that I don't anymore. We've just grown so far apart, be it just distance or careers or life in general, that, I mean, the only time I talk to some people is a message every other week or so. So it's, it's sometimes it's tough to see that as well in certain people when you don't have the same... Face-to-face mm -hmm. -face conversations that you're used to. So do you find okay? So now we are going to kind of touch on the whole COVID. We keep coming back, yeah. Yeah. So it, and it does bring us back because you just brought up a really good point. Relationships between peer groups have changed because of COVID, and not only is it going to affect that sort of 
conversation and the dialogue that you would normally have with your peer group, but you're losing the peer group that you had. So moving it back to the mental illness, do you think that COVID was a catalyst to bring mental illness to the forefront? Or do you think it was the catalyst that created more mental illness because it did create such a divide between the support system that you always had in place. You always knew you and the boys were going to go to the bar on Friday night. You were going to have a beer. You're going to talk some shit. You were going to offload your week and, and you could vent it out and, and bounce off of each other. So I, there's a lot there to, to kind of unpack. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, it's done both in, in two different reasons. I think for a lot of people, it's been extremely tough, whether it was their home situation, their worker. Mm-hmm. This has impacted everybody in a ton of different ways. Uh, and it changed a lot of people as well. The people who are super chatty, they've been sitting at home for three months, living yeah. in you know their hell. So everybody's been off. Everybody's been different. Yeah. The, the relationships are changing. And it's not just because, you know, hey, I had to do with us just there's nothing happening in three months there's nothing to talk about and just things die out and get yep. stale what'd you do today well i watched 16 I episodes on netflix and i ate 25 bags of doritos productive day yeah <laughs> it's a good day so yeah no i mean i think it's it's opened the conversation more mm-hmm. but i also think it's changed conversations are happening less in general whether it's just hey how's it going what's it's created an introverted society. Fairly, yeah. Yeah. And it's pushed people that were very extroverted to be more introverted just because there's nothing for them to strive from. Sure. What about you, Doug? I agree. Like what Billy said, I agree. I know you touched on this briefly yeah. already as well and how it's changing. I mean, what are some of the things... You don't see your friends. You don't see uh, your activities. Mm-hmm. And you come housebound. It's just you and the wife. Did you find when you could go outside that you are now, you, now you're nervous to go out? Did you struggle with that? At first, going grocery shopping, yes. Yeah. But if Sandra and I go for a car ride, we're in the car, we go for a nice ride for an hour or two, come home, that's fine. There's no concerns. You're not mixing with people. Yeah. But you're afraid really to mix. You, uh, we went to a restaurant this week for lunch. Was that the first time you went to a restaurant? No, we've been a couple times before, but this week we're up at uh, one on Ajax, and there's two two tables out of a whole restaurant being used. Yeah. So people are not going out. We went around two and two thirty in the afternoon for a late lunch, so it wouldn't be crowded. Or at your age, a real early dinner. No, no. <laughs> our, our early dinner still seven o'clock. Not that hour. <laughs> but uh, no, you just. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see it coming back till 2022 until I love my sports, but I'd be afraid to go to a hockey game or a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you typically I travel will, as well. I will probably never go to a Blue Jay game again, <laughs> just because of the crowds. Oh, not because they suck a little bit? No, no, you give them a chance. They're rebuilding. <laughs> <Come on>. rebuilding. <laughs> uh, you try to find different activities to fill your day. Right. But you can only do so many Sudoku bucks. Now, this morning I went down to the basement, got out a set of 1955 hockey cards and reminisced about all those players back in 1955. But it's only a childhood memory for me. <laughs> Start doing the math here, you may be able to but, figure out the ages. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all good memories as a child because you're a, a big hockey fan, you're a kid growing up. All kids are when they grow up. But no, it's very difficult. Like you, you, you say about 
uh, traveling, even getting on a plane. Now, I'd be very weird about getting on a plane because you're right side by side. You don't know all the people. Mm-hmm. And Doug and Sandra normally go to Florida every single winter. So this is the first winter in a long time that they haven't gone to Florida. So it, for, from their children's standpoint, we're kind of grateful because now we get to have them with us for Christmas. It's been a very long time. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, we're, I mean, we're kind of glad that you're not going to Florida, not just for the safety aspect of it. But just because, to be mildly selfish. Yeah, exactly. So now for Wayne, for you now, how do you feel like COVID has changed how you look at things? It was the best of times. It, was, it was the worst of times. War and peace, essentially. No, here's the reality. COVID forced you back inside. COVID made you stop made you go downstairs, pull out those hockey cards from 1955, and go back and do that. Yeah. COVID made me learn Zoom and WhatsApp yeah. and everything That's something else. that I mean, both of you had to learn as well, too. It taught yeah. me how to interact on a different level because I had no other choice. Um, I always jokingly said, I'm an introverted-only child. I was genetically modified for a pandemic. <laughs> I'm He's spe- not kidding. I'm spectacular at being locked up. That's cool. That's great. I got a backyard. I got my tools. I got my workbench. I could be here for weeks. Could you know? Yeah, I could. <laughs> Without us. We have it. Yeah, well, yeah. we got to do that. But when, when COVID kind of move through its little progressions yeah it did isolate a lot of people and a lot of people struggled with that isolation right how did you i actually it it didn't bother me i i had an ability to kind of kind of central focus Mm -hmm. um and i wasn't worried because i had different tasks to do here at my other job I actually was lucky because I worked through the entire pandemic. Yeah. So unlike people that were locked in their house, I actually went to work. Mm-hmm. On my so you own. had that escape. I, I had that escape and I had that sense of purpose. Normalcy. No, it wasn't a normalcy, but it was a sense of purpose. Okay. And what COVID did do for me is it did force me to find sense of purposes. You know what? Got to get that kitchen done. Got to get this done. And it's almost done, folks. It's only been eight (laughs) months, but my kitchen is nearly fucking done. (laughs) So. Um, So, yeah. So, COVID actually, and the Movember movement being in place and at the level it is now, I think is beneficial because imagine a, a large quantity of men going through this without the ability or at the comfort level from your day and age to vent stuff out. Mm -hmm. Interesting thoughts. So guys, you um, have been with my boys for my Movember talking shit. So thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate you so, so much. Thank you to my wonderful guests. Bailey, Wayne, and Doug. Thank you for having us. Thank you for coming and taking up part of your day with me. I have, uh, I've really enjoyed talking about this stuff with you guys. And I know it's not always an easy conversation to have with your family and with a mixed family. I mean, you've got all the generations here. So, you know, nobody wants to feel like they were talking shit about their upbringing. But, you know, sometimes hard conversations have to happen so that change can be next. So again, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to my very special Talking Shit with Mayor Movember edition. And um, stay tuned.